Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 88 of the Greenlight Podcast. Paul and Ian back here with Coach John Gallagher, the head men's basketball coach at Hartford. Coach, really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. I know you guys just got done with practice. Paul, Ian, it's great to be with you. Um, it's uh, always good to be with basketball, talking basketball, so I'm happy to be here. Um, We're into the season now, Paul. This is like our, I guess, our first episode it's crazy. crazy. I feel like now that with everything, the timeline and everything being moved back, um, how, how's the, the start of practice, everything been uh, with, with uh, now that we're officially, I guess, in, 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 the, in the realm of, uh, of the season? It is high intensity right now for us. Um, I'm just going to tell you, we are, um, we, you know, we, we return uh, so many guys and we got so many older transfers that it's, it's so um, refreshing um, to go into a gym and, and have not freshmen, 18-year-old. You know, we have a lot of 22, 23-year-olds, and that's always a good sign. Older wins in college basketball, and we're older, we're deep. Um, and in our league, you have to be older and deep to win. Uh, there's just too many good coaches. There's too many good teams. Um, and if you're not older, um, it, it presents uh, a problem for you. Um, let's jump into it, Coach. I mean, obviously an absolute insane, uh, you know, breaking news a couple months ago. I mean, you went from the absolute, you know, pinnacle at, uh, at, at when, when you're in a smaller conference, when you win it, I mean, that is the pinnacle of, coaching at, at that level. You know what I mean? It, there's nothing better. Like it's the greatest feeling in the world. And you went from that to going to the NCAA tournament and a couple of weeks later, them telling you, Hey, look, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go deep three. I mean, what, what have, what has been the emotional roller coaster the past uh, couple months for you, your staff and your team? So, you know, just to be upfront with you, this, you don't get, you don't read this in Barnes and Noble, right? Ben Hallen wins his first championship at Northern Arizona. It doesn't happen. Um, you know, Billy Donovan, he actually didn't win a championship at Marshall, but got the Florida job. Like if I name you guys that won it. Okay. That summer they talk about or that spring, just how great it is. You know, uh, I spent the summer talking about division three and, 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 the, and that process and not winning it. So it, it does not feel like we want it. Now, that, I think there's an advantage to that for this season. There's no – it's not like I'm coming off an emotional high. Mm-hmm. Um, just not. I mean, we're not overly confident, meaning we're hungry. I mean, we have so much to play for. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I always say you can't be angry, but you got to be grateful. Look – we're looking at it as a grateful group. We got a year to have the best year 
in the history of the school. We're coming off the four best years in the history of the school. Uh, uh, championship games, right? And um, one got canceled because of COVID, and the other one we won it. So um, we feel like if we can have like the fifth best year ever, um, look, there's a lot of – we have so many guys that have two years of eligibility um, that there's so much opportunity for them and obviously for our coaching staff. So you can't uh, – you know, there's no fight in City Hall. That's not my job. Um, I have to give the, the best experience to these student-athletes, and that's the goal. This is, this is a, tough, a tough question because – I, I understand how hard it is to get to where you got to and to win it. But after everything that has happened over the past six, seven, eight months, would, would you trade it? Would you trade not winning it for the, for this transition to never happen and for you to be at Hartford for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Like, is, is that even something, a thought that has come up? Like, no man. one has asked me that. No one's asked me that question. Uh, it's, it's answer tough. question. Yeah, to answer your question, no. I wouldn't yeah. trade this for anything right. in the world. I wouldn't trade that championship, that experience, uh, to be in Indianapolis with 68 other teams, to uh, bring you know, the University of Hartford to, the, um, to bring this city. Um, you know how many people have come up to me from firefighters to politicians to, you know, you, know, you, you name it, city workers to – bartenders to waitresses i mean you know when uconn wins it it's the state when hartford won, when we won it it was for the city different yeah. just different and that's uh you know it is what it is we are not uconn nor do we aspire to be meaning we're we're the neighborhood we're your neighborhood school and uh we try to represent the people in this city and this community the right way and i wouldn't take this you know you could fire me tomorrow. I'm not giving this one up. No, that I, uh, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I, and for those, if you go immediately, I know on your Twitter account and I think a lot of social media posts and it kind of aligns exactly with what you said about the community aspect. Um, I know your Twitter bio, it says head coach of your neighborhood team. Where did, uh, the neighborhood concept come from? Um, and, and kind of what, what that is, uh, what that's turned into. Yeah. I mean, everybody, Everybody out there wants to be something bigger than them. Like, you know, and that's great. If you get a job at those places that are Goliath, be this big state school. But for the for Hartford or whatever mid-major school are out there, embrace who you are. Embrace the neighborhood. Embrace your community. Embrace um, the people in it. At the end of the day, this world is run by, by neighborhoods and uh, we could talk about it. I could debate it with you at the end of the day, the neighborhood is the community you invest in. And if you're a fly by night type of guy or a person, look, I've been here 12 years. Um, this is, this is, this is home for me. Uh, and you know, neighborhood is something like, I always say to the guys, when you have to look Google up for a favor or not a favor, but like, you know, then you don't have enough relationships in that area. 
So if I was moved to Florida, where I moved to North Carolina, I'd have to do that. If I'm in Hartford for 12 years and I need, you know, an AC fixed, I have to have him in my cell phone, you know, or I have to have somebody that can get to somebody. And uh, that's sort of what I mean by being in the neighborhood and vice versa. Uh, if they want to come to a college basketball game, they have to feel like, man, they want to root for you. And if they're not going to root for you, you know, you're not doing it right if you've been here for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't take credit for that. I think that's my mentor, Speedy Morris at LaSalle, Phil Martelli at St. Joe's, um, you know, Steve Donahue at Penn and Franny O'Hanlon and guys that, you know, are neighborhood guys. And, uh, you know, I, that's, that's sort of how I look at it. Support for the Greenlight Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GREENLIGHT at manscaped.com. Listen, fellas, we've all been there. We've tried to trim down there using a million different things. Stop it. Go with Manscaped. It's the easiest one. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off, free shipping with the code GREENLIGHT at manscaped.com. Love it. Um, so since the announcement a couple months ago, obviously there's been multiple other sport, you know, head coaches, assistant coaches have left and different players have transferred yep. and people, you know, decommitting. How have you yep. been able to, you know, keep your staff and team together for the most part? I mean, you know, you would think that uh, there'd be a mass exodus and there hasn't been. Well, I, I, I think a couple of things. Look, these kids in the program, want to def they want to repeat they want to they want to chase this down again and so look they had a lot of options they're talented they're, you know there's seven or eight guys right off the top could play at a high level i'm not joking the high level i mean that's that's just who we are i mean yeah. that's where we are at the state of the program um you know we had malik ellis and we had tracy carter here with two great ones and they sort of attract each other in this basketball community that, you know, they want to play for this, this neighborhood and this community and this coaching staff. And so when, when it happened was, it's like, I sat everybody down and said, look, you want to go. I, I, no one's holding you back. I'm not convincing anybody. That's not, ah, but I'm staying. And, you know, I had a couple opportunities and I just wasn't leaving at this. You know, there was a there was a former head coach that coached here, Jack Fallon, who's a, a legendary coach, uh, legendary community guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I you know, you can leave and run on times like these, and um, people won't blame you. But at the same time, there's just something not right about it for me, for me. You know, and uh, you know, I, I just I couldn't look uh, the players in the program. Uh, in the eye if we're going to leave and let's just face it and let's go at this year with just so much fun and that's you know sort of our mantra we're gonna have a lot of fun and get after it 
And that's and that's awesome here because I know, and from reading kind of other other articles and, and other interviews you've done, I know the the timing of how and when you found out was pretty ridiculous and kind of. Um, and I was speaking of that that high of being in Indianapolis and being in the tournament, and then shifting to this. Um, when and how did you tell a team, and, and what was that kind of that initial reaction like? And uh, was there I don't want to call it a buffer zone, but some type of period where um, you know what collect thoughts like we're going to go back at this together. What was what was that process like of kind of communicating that with your team as as the leader of the program? Well, I found out on a Thursday night. Um, officially but look after the ncaa tournament went in my room and they knocked on the door and said look um you know the president wants to do this and uh i, I laughed i said you guys are joking and one of the reasons i say that is look i, I you have to respect people in leadership and, and i respect every president out there and I respect all the ADs and, and board of trustee members. They have a tough job. It's a, it's an ever changing climate college, uh, you know, college education. So I, I, listen, I read all the articles too. Uh, the reality is if you read all the articles, when you make the NCAA tournament, there's a direct correlation in more admissions. 100% of the time, there's a direct correlation in fundraising. 100% of the time. So we're not going to be the outlier over a 40-year period. The NCAA tournaments are going on, and this has been the facts, and we're going to do this now. You could do it in two years if you feel that, you know. But I just, look, I have my uh, theories on it. I have my, look, at the end of the day, they decided to do it. I respect them. But I love to see the numbers they're talking about. I'd love to. I'd love to sit down and have an open dialogue. I can't stand when people, especially in politics now, they yell and scream at each other. Let's just, what do you, what, what side, okay, you believe this, I believe this. Let's, let's, let's come to a common ground of why you believe this. And then maybe we can understand each other better. That's leadership. Totally. totally. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, 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 yeah. was it just presented as fact? Or was there, there was no opportunity to plead your case or me? Like, what was it just, hey, this is a done deal and that's it? Yeah. Oh, and so then, so from that Thursday night, then when did you tell the play, like the team and the, and the staff? Uh, you know, I was at a dinner um, with some high, high, high level donors that knew about it. We were waiting on the word. So, the players got, you know, all the student athletes got an email first. So the coaches didn't even know. So I got a call by one of my players and said he received the email. I didn't believe it because I thought they would have, you know, protocol wise, you know, but that wasn't going, that, that, that's not the way it was going down. Look, at the end of the day, everyone has to do what they think is best. And I respect that. I think, you know, so we woke up. Um, you know, I had a lot of tears on that morning, but I had to get the, the, the team. It, it was, it was devastating. I mean, other than, you know, you know, terminally ill or someone dying, this basketball program is a part of your life. It's a living organism and it's a person and, you know, the whole program, you build it for 12 years, you take the job 
and everybody tells you you're going to get fired in five years. And everyone tells you you're going to be out of the business and in insurance, selling insurance. Ever, I mean, and the, and the people even that like you tell you that it's going to be it's a hard job. The people that don't like you are telling you, you know, you'll be a landscaper, which I would love to be a landscaper. Okay, <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, we did something that nobody ever, you know, that not, that's never been done here. And now we're on our going to stare at our fifth straight winning season with, you know, look, we'll be one of the top, you know, teams in the conference. I'm not saying we're going to win it. It's hard to win it. Now, Vermont, so many great teams. You got Stony Brook, you got great coaches, uh, you got New Hampshire. You got, I can name every team, UMass Lowell. I mean, yep. there's great ball clubs here, great coaches. So what I'm saying to you is, we're going to be on our fifth great run and it's never been done here. So, you know, before I exit stage left at the end of this year or next year, whatever, you know, God has in store for us, I have to give everything to this neighborhood and this community. But when I talked to the team, I said, look, I'm not leaving. It's not leaving. And their reaction was phenomenal and they were really into it and they didn't blink. And look, we got three really high level transfers that, I mean, added to the mix that, um, you know, keeping them was a phone call and, you know, they had major schools calling them saying, look, you're going to be at a division three program. And I just said, look, we're going to be division one. Do your background check on me. If I say something, it's <laughs> happening. So we stayed Division One. I, I guess you know, for you know, this year, next year, and, and but uh, you know it's going to be. I, I I told them I needed a year, and that's what they're committed to. Um, I wanted to ask about your schedule for this year. Um, Twenty of the thirty games on the road. What's what do you do in the next two months to try and prepare your team for that type of? I mean, it's 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 a gauntlet. You know, you don't have an easy schedule. Um, what do you yeah. do to, to prepare them for that? You know, there's a lot of factors that go into why you, why you do that. I did it on purpose. Hundred percent did it on purpose. Um, just look when you have people around that are transitioning you to Division Three. Okay. And that's their job. That's why they're hired. Right. What I have to do is my job is to see if we can get through the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Okay. With the talent I have and that's sort of, so I, I, I have to, you know, I have to give these student athletes the best experience. Now from an administrative level, they've committed to giving the student athletes the best experience reality for me to give them the best experience i got to take the band on the road a little more okay i got to take the band on the road and we could debate that but over 20 years in college basketball i know the wind i know i know how to you know i know the routine of our guys i know the experience we have let's say we only win 
we go seven and six in the in the non-conference. Look, we get in. We got we got eighteen more, and we got nine at home and nine on the road, and that'll be fun. And at the end of the day, twenty of the thirties is a gauntlet. You know, it's a gauntlet, but we have to prepare. Uh, you know, for March. And that's why you do this. And if you look at our last four years, our, you know, our, our games you know, leading up to March, that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on, you know, oh, my God, you got to win November 9th. No, we got to go in. We got to see what kind of deck we have. We got to build it. And we got to build it. And actually, when I was you know, looking into your background, Coach, I know playing at, at, at St. Joe's, being part of the 97 sweet 16 team. One of the things that stood out to me was looking at that schedule. I believe you guys started 11 and five February hits and you guys go 15 and one the rest of the way before losing the, losing to Kentucky in the sweet 16. Was that ultimately a team coming together at the right time? Did you know, you always know the team had that ability to take off. Was that something that was built? Hey, early in the season. And we know that once we get to, and the, the meat and potatoes, the schedule here that we're, we're going to uh, to have that type of success? We started four and four, that team. Actually, I think it was four and four. We lost that East Carolina, that team, and that St. Joe's team. And we had some brutal practice. I mean, they were grueling practices. Woo! <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget, I laid on the floor in St. Joe's locker room we had a two a day on a Saturday and I laid on the floor. I couldn't, move, I, I couldn't get up <laughs> and, and I'll never forget. I was like, I, I just got to get in bed. So it was <laughs> gotta like, be, I got to be horizontal. <laughs> I just got to jump in bed. I got in bed and you just got up and you did it again. And you did it again. And, and that team had so much toughness. And we beat Boston College in the second round. Uh, they were the Big East champion. We were the Atlantic 10 champion. And, uh, you know, I learned so much from Coach Martelli. He's just such a such a great leader. And, um, you know, he, he's an inspirational person. And I'm just grateful for the time with him. Yeah, I wanted to follow up on uh... – you know, playing for such a legendary coach. Are you surprised? One, so a two-part question. One, what are some of the things that you took from him into your coaching career? And then two, are you surprised that he's still coaching, you know, or that he hasn't retired and, and went to a beach somewhere? Well, I, I think a couple things. I think one, uh, I, I took unconditional love for him. He just got great unconditional love. And he loves his players. And then two, um, my surprise is no, I mean, what do you, this is a game. This isn't work. So as you get older, people retire because they're tired of work. Well, how do you retire from play? So what I say, it's hard to retire from play. Like you're, he, you know, he's in his mid sixties and he looks like he's in it. You know, his energy's at an all time high. I think he's, I think you know, he could do this another 10 years. Does he do that? I don't think so, but you know, does he get another crack at a head job? Well, you know, someone out there smart, they do it, but look, I think coach has a uh, 
great energy, great zeal, and uh, he loves the game. So his passion's unbelievable. That's that's awesome. It's it's awesome to see him. I mean, with the success they've had in Michigan the past couple of years, and and I think especially I mean, a first time head coach and Juwan having um, someone with all that experience there by his side has been has been awesome to watch. Last question from my end, and sticking kind of with St. Joe's. I know you played at St. Joe's, you coached at LaSalle, um, and believe me, and your sister played LaSalle as well. What we've asked, we've had a few guests on that have been have part of this, but what makes the Big Five so special in Philadelphia and, and so unique uh, in itself? So last night, my daughter uh, got into the car. Um, she's 12 after tryouts, right? So basketball tryouts she's a good soccer player she's a good basketball player is she great no man she's just good but she could be she's one of those you know i i, I love her the grit and toughness like i i actually uh but i'm not one of these fathers that says oh my god she's you know xyz i i but she gets in the car and she says dad what was it like growing up in Philadelphia for basketball? And I said, you know, and I started telling her, you know, where I used to go to play and the neighborhoods in the inner city I used to go to, you know, you know, Broad and Brown in North Philly or, you know, catch games in South Philly or, you know, down at the Sunny Hill League, ah, you know, just, you know, you chase the game everywhere. And the guys I competed against became my best friends, the Donnie Cars, the John Linehans, the Mike Nesters, the Tony Haydens. And, and, you know, we, we look back at that experience and, you know, I, I, I just, you know, basketball, I still feel like I'm, I'm a kid because it's, it's basketball, but that city in and of itself, um, you know, look at LaSalle. They had four national players of the year. Look at St. Joe's, just the toughness. Look at Villanova and just the championships Jay had and, you know, Raleigh. And, and, and um, you look at Temple. And my, you know, one of my favorite coaches ever is John Chaney. I mean, and then you look at, you know, Penn and Temple with Dump, Fran Dumphy, who's, you know, the cream of the crop as a human being you don't get better than them. And I think that's what I take away from that city is like, there's a way to do things. And, um, you know, I think if you said to me now, like, what do you mean there's a way to do things? It's, like, it's just a way to do things and you got to do it the right way. You can't cut corners and you got to treat people right. And, and, you know, it'll work out for you if you're treating people right and you have to, you know, try to leave it better than you found it. And, you know, I, there's so many ba Philadelphia in basketball, um, especially college basketball, is uh, a spiritual experience. Walking into the palestra, I still get chills. I still walk by myself and feel like I'm in a cathedral in Rome. And um, that's just, you know, that's just – that's just what it is. And um, it's, if you're a basketball fan, you've never been to the Plestra, you got to get there. It's, it's, it's everything. Why do you think, um, 
we got a couple more and then we'll get you out of here. But why, why hasn't other cities tried to at least mimic? Because you're, you're never going to be and you're never going to have what Philadelphia has. But there's plenty of other cities that have universities and colleges that are all close enough to try and make something of it, whether it's New York or Chicago or L.A. or, you know, pick one. Why, why do you think that hasn't formed, you know, and, and New York calls it the big four, you know, whatever it is. But like, why, why do you think that hasn't happened? Because the forefathers didn't do it in that city. It didn't become um, a tradition. What happens is money now, um, you could argue like, why doesn't DePaul play Loyola? I mean, DePaul doesn't want to lose Loyola. (laughs) But Villanova plays St. Joe's every year. Okay. When Jameer Nelson was point guard at Villanova, I mean, uh, at St. Joe's and going against Villanova, did Villanova – Jay Wright raised his hand and say, hey, we're not going to play this year. It's not the way this, that's not the way the city works. Right. But DePaul and, you know, Northwestern, they don't want to play Loyola. Come on. Yeah. And that's what, that's why I think at the end of the day, um, there are so many college basketball coaches from Philadelphia is because of the Palestra. It's not because of one person. It's because of that building. And that building created coaches and that building, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. And that building, when, you know, when I get to heaven, that building will be there. Or when I hope I get to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, uh, coach, we really do appreciate you coming on. We obviously wish you the best of luck this year. We'll be rooting for you. Um, before we go, where, where, I mean, I know we know, but where can everybody find you, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or, you know, the website, all that good stuff. Yeah. I, I, I got to get on Instagram. I'm, I'm, (laughs) you know, my daughter, 12 years old is bugging me to get on Instagram. Dad, you got to update the times. Twitter's (laughs) like the 1950s. (laughs) So I think it's coach gal, you heart, uh, on Twitter. And, uh, you know, uh, you can, Check us out on HartfordHawks.com. Follow us during the season. And uh, it's going to be a great year. There's a lot of excitement around the program. If you're in the Hartford area, checking, we're driving up 84, 91. Uh, please stop through. We would love to have you. Oh, and Coach, I'm, I'm in Durham myself now. So I'm, I, you guys will be down here as Veterans Veterans Day weekend. So excited to, uh, excited to see you guys play. And it's, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be, these games will be here before we know it. It's, it's crazy. I think we're already there. I'd love to meet you. If you want to come to practice the day before, let us know. Awesome, Coach. Much appreciated. Awesome. Great. Thank you again, thank Coach. You. We appreciate yes. it. Yeah, good luck. That, we'll thank you so much. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull, slush, rust, souls up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.